All right, welcome to another Ember Weekend. I'm Jonathan Jackson. And I'm Chase McCarthy. And we are here uh, to talk about Ember News. Ember News. I'm excited. Um, we are broadcasting from Florida and Austin. How's Austin treating you? Oh, Austin's amazing. Eating so much good food, going to yeah. comic book stores. Uh, comic? Wait, I feel like that's such a weird thing for you to like, yeah, going to comic book stores. Oh, like, that's the thing. There are like 15 like tabletop gaming Oh, really? here we're like yeah they're like open till midnight they serve beer and food uh and they're just like yeah they have free to play games oh, so yeah, cool. it's, yeah it's amazing fun. here that's pretty fun that's pretty fun um all right so i think we have uh quite a bit to talk about so let's uh let's just dive in um yeah all right so the first thing we're gonna talk about is this add-on called ember cli dependency lint uh by by salsify uh it seems like the main contributor on this is dan freeman uh and this app is uh pretty interesting it helps kind of debug an issue that you probably didn't know you had. Uh, and that's some weirdness that has to do with how Ember CLI de- deals with uh, multiple add-ons having dependencies, the same add-on dependency, but a different version. Yeah, so if you have uh, Ember Wormhole 0.3, this is the this is from the readme, so you can you can find out more there. If you have a version of 0.3, and uh, say PowerSelect is using that, and then uh, Ember Modal Dialog is using 0.5, uh, well, once it goes through the build pipeline, uh, one of those things is going to ostensibly win, I think, and they end up getting merged into the same folder. So it might work and it might not work. Yeah, I think what ends up happening is it, it overwrites one of them, um, which worst case is you would have like extra files, I guess, or files that somehow get looked up. Um, because, you know, if one completely overwrites the other ones, nothing else should be importing ones that it didn't have. But it, so I think that's why this isn't more a much bigger problem. Um, but but it could because of how lookups work, uh, you know, in, you end up with an extra file that that could be used. Uh, and so uh, the, this example of wormhole, when I plugged this into an app, like a client app I have, this was the main example. This was the exact same thing that happened to me. I wasn't using PowerSelect, I was using Power Calendar, um, and I had used Ember Wormhole. And then there was like two other things that were using it. Uh, I think Ember Light Table and a couple other things, and they all had different versions. Uh, they, they actually, they all had the same version. Uh, I had the different version. So the actual fix was for me to just change my version to be that version. So that was, that was pretty interesting. Yeah, it definitely, it definitely shows you what's wrong, but there's not necessarily always a way for you to, uh, to resolve the conflicts. So you kind of know it and then you're like, wait, how do I fix this? Yeah. The, the recommended ways to fix this, um, are kind of weird. Like the, the first one's obvious. You're like, oh, well you just pin your app to be the one that actually makes it work. Like I did for the wormhole. Uh, uh-huh. the other one is you, you fork the project and you use the right one. And then you kind of, I guess, put a PR in and say, Hey, can you please change it to be an updated version? Cause usually it's, that's, that's probably the issue. Like, so the other case I ran into is, uh, Mirage uses a very old version of underscore, uh, and, uh, not underscore of Lodash. And I used a very recent version cause I needed merge. Um, and so now we're like in conflict and I can't change mine back to be 0.0.2 like or three or whatever it is, uh, because I need merge. Um, so the only solution is for me to like, uh, ping Sam and say, Hey, can you update, uh, you know, the, you know, your version of Lodash, um, but maybe they can't do that, uh, right. for various reasons. Maybe they're like pinned to like that for a reason. So, so you might have to fork the project. Um, yeah. so, and the other, the other thing is you just, uh, write a lot of tests. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyways, check this out. This add-on's really cool. Um, it definitely worth your time, uh, to, to just check some stuff out. So, uh, make sure to check it out. So the next thing we're going to talk about is that the Ember Community Survey, which uh, I think this will be the third annual uh, Ember Community Survey, uh, is uh, doing a preview where you can kind of do comments and suggestions on 
uh, question wording and uh, and like uh, question options and things like that. Uh, basically, this it's just like a comment period so that um, the community survey is uh, as as good as it can be. So trying to really refine it um, from years past. Uh, I think last year um, they had 1,800 um, people who filled out the survey, uh, and it, this is all uh, debuted on uh, the keynote uh, for EmberConf, uh, so that which is coming up. And uh, I think before that it was 800, so I suspect it will be even larger this year, which is pretty cool. Um, and it's like 30 questions, and you it's basically just try to, trying to gauge where the Ember community is going and where it's been and that sort of thing. So it's really interesting. And uh, there is a blog post uh, by Matthew Beal that has, uh, has a little bit more details about this and a link to the uh, preview uh, Google Doc where you can actually make uh, suggestions. Um, and, uh, yeah, you should check it out. It's really neat. Yeah. I'm, I'm really interested to, to see a couple of, couple of things in here, like the, the 1.1.3 usage, you know, how many people are still kind of st stuck back then. Um, things like how many people are using Ember data versus, you know, some other solution or rolling their own. Um, also the, the one that was really interesting last year was that, uh, you know, it has the sections like average developer experience or something, or I can't remember what it was. Basically how long have you been a developer? Um, and you could basically look at the, the year before, like the 2015 survey, and it was like, everybody was like six months or less. And then like the one other one, it was like two years, you know, a year or more or something like Like everybody just shifted over. Like, uh, it's, it's pretty funny. So I'm thinking that this year there's going to be a lot of uh, three-year devs. Yeah, right. Yeah, that'll be cool. It's, it's, it's really neat to see the, uh, the community survey like transition over time. It's pretty cool. So the next thing we're going to mention is a Dockyard plugin called Ember CLI One Script. I believe Martin Schilster did most of the work on this one. Uh, and uh, a lot of it was like detective work to figure out um, ways to improve performance on a fast boot uh, site. I believe Dockyard.com, in fact. And the idea is that um, because the metric that you really care about is time to first paint, uh, you, you don't necessarily care if your scripts are loaded before the first paint happens. So you can... Uh, since it's sending the HTML over, you can say, okay, listen, I want to, to combine my JavaScript files into one thing, and then I'm going to tell the browser uh, that that tag is async, so it can happen asynchronously while the first paint happens. So what that ends up doing is uh, you get uh, fastboot, the fastboot content painted faster while the, the JavaScript loads, like the JavaScript doesn't block before it actually does the first, um, the first paint event. Uh, so you end up with some uh, speed improvements uh, although obviously there are a lot of different trade-offs when you do this sort of thing. So, um, it's, it's interesting. I'm looking forward to uh, more information. I think, uh, Martin is working on a blog post to, uh, describe the different scenarios. Yeah. There's a, there's a bunch of different scenarios, uh, specifically having to do with caching. Cause you know, the reason of splitting them up is that, uh, maybe your add-ons don't change, but your code change. So you, you push a change for your code, but, um, everybody still has the, the vendor stuff cached, which is probably a larger portion of the JavaScript. Um, so there's, there's trade-offs and, and, uh, you know, I'm sure there's, well, this, be... I mean, this, this combines the vendor and the, and your apps, app JavaScript together into one, into R one script tag. Right. But the reason, using. the reason why that they, they were separate is that you could then update your project code without updating your vendor code. And, you, uh, and yes, everybody yes, still yes. has the other one cached. Um, so there, that's the, seems like the one major trade-off, uh, the async is, I guess, adds a, a whole nother, you know, bag of, of, of problems. But yeah, if you're fast boot, if you're a fast boot app, then you have all the data on the page. So. So you're fine. Yeah. Um, so. it, it worked really well for, um, for Ember Weekend. We saw about a 30% increase uh, in speed to uh, first paint, which is pretty cool. Uh, and that was like a, basically a drop-in thing. It did not require 
hardly any configuration at all. I had to update the index uh, HTML and that was it. So um, it's it, it's definitely very, very interesting. And I think there's going to be a lot of um, discussion around this to see if this is something that can make it way make its way into um, Fastboot app, like, like Ember CLI Fastboot. Yeah, I mean, it seems like this could uh, easily just become a, a flag on the uh, on the build right. process, I guess. Um, yeah. Other than the fact that you have to mess with your index HTML, everything's uh, pretty pretty automatic. But yeah, it seems really useful. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So uh, so check it out, and uh, I think there is going to be a blog post uh, in the next uh, little while. Uh, and when that happens, we will be sure to link to that as well. All right, the next thing we're going to mention is uh, something we found out from Embermap, uh, this time actually uh, from Ryan. Uh, and uh, if, you, if you were listening last week, uh, we, we accidentally reported on something we thought was written by Ryan, but it was actually written by Sam Selikov. Did uh, we actually? Did that actually make it live? I thought we fixed it. No, I didn't. I didn't edit it out. I thought it was, <laughs> I thought it was really funny. Um, so so yeah. So this one, uh, it's it was, it was a really short video clip, like a couple minutes. Uh, but we would ju- me and John were just talking about this like five minutes before we started doing research, uh, and that's that the uh, the the router service uh, is in Ember Canary now. Uh, which is awesome because if you're if you've had to do uh, kind of custom routing in a set of a component, uh, like in my case, I have uh, some tabs that have to stay uh, uh, act, uh, they have to stay current with what the active route is, but they're not the ones actually doing the manipulation of the route, like something else in the pages. Um, and so uh, because of that, I need to know what's the current route name uh, so I can match the tabs. And the only way to currently do that was to inject this private uh, routing service and then pull the router off of the routing service. Um, and now this is, is now public in Canary. Um, hopefully, I mean, the API is pretty, pretty simple, so it shouldn't change much. Um, basically, you get the transition to, which is, you know, that's the way you, you change routes. Uh, uh, but you also get current URL and current route name. Current route name is the one that I think most people need. Uh, and so that's going to be pretty awesome. Yeah, totally, totally. So, uh, so check out the Ember Map uh, video on the routing service. It gives a nice little synopsis of uh, what's going on. And honestly, just check out Ember Map in general. They're pretty cool. Uh, and, uh, yeah, routing service. Yay. And, uh, I guess the last thing we're going to mention kind of really quick, because it's probably something we're going to discuss at length, uh, next week. Uh, and that is, uh, we received a fast boot question that neither of us really have put a whole lot of thought into. And that is, uh, what uh, fast boot server are we using, uh, when we deploy to Heroku for, um, the Ember weekend site? And uh, I hadn't really looked at it before. And I think we're just using whatever the build pack, uh, supplies, um, but uh, we kind of explored a little bit and we're going to switch over to using uh, Fastboot App Server and kind of writing our own custom thing that Heroku will then uh, serve with a proc file. Um, so that's something that we're hoping to do this uh, this week, question mark? <laughs> the giving timeframes is always dangerous. Yeah, hey, yeah. soon, soon. But uh, we're, we're noticing some weird um, uh, like memory leaks uh, in our server that we haven't really explored because it hasn't really caused us any problems. But it's because it's, I, I think it's because it's an old uh, deploy process, yeah? Uh, yeah, question. I don't know. It's like... It could be our code too, though. Like, our code could just be doing something weird. So. Um, yeah, I mean, the only the only weird thing our code could be doing is somehow building the uh, the RSS feed file at the wrong time or something, um, right. which it shouldn't do at all in production. But, you know, there's very few things that could, hap- could, could cause this thing to, like, spike in memory like it's doing. Yeah. Um, but but there's some other benefits also to switching the app server. Like uh, right now we don't get gzipping. Uh, we have to we have mm-hmm. to deploy uh, every time because we have this static. Uh, so every time we push a new episode, even that's just a data change, we have to push the code because there's a static feed.xml file that has to go out with it. 
Um, and potentially this will let us uh, deal with that route separate. So it'll still just be a, single, a regular Ember fast boot deploy, but every week we won't have to deploy because this thing will be pointing to our API server to ask for the feed XML and then like proxying it through. Uh, yeah. So hopefully that that will work. And then, then there's other cool things you can do, like you can have any Express middleware you want. You like get control yeah. over the Express server. But anyways, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's on the horizon. Uh, and uh, thanks to I think Brian Gonzalez for bringing that up. Uh, that was uh, uh, a good. It, it's good that uh, that we're looking at it because uh, it. I think there's better ways for us to do it, and uh, probably honestly, probably not that difficult. I mean, I'm knocking knock on wood. You know, who knows? Like obviously, famous last words or whatever, but. Uh, we'll probably talk more about that next week. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just imagining next week us like uh, going, oh, my God, it's so much more difficult than you would think to do this. <laughs> like, here's all the problems we ran into. I mean, it's crazy. We'll, we'll, we'll splice out the audio from this one, and we'll and we'll put it into next week's episode. Yeah, and just like these guys were so – they were so naive. So naive. All right. So uh, that's all we have for this week. Tune in next time. What adventures will we go on? That's uh, really good. That's really good. I like it. Right? Uh, all right. What adventures will we go on next week? All right. So I'm Chase McCarthy. And I'm Jonathan Jackson. And I didn't do any of the uh, Twitter stuff or the look of our feed. You can do it now. You can do it now. It's fine. Yeah. All right. So don't forget to subscribe uh, to our feed.xml uh, on your podcast reader of choice. Uh, and uh, you can ask questions to us. And obviously, we respond to them uh, on Twitter. At oh, obviously. Obviously, we respond to them. <laughs> Well, we just did. Well, that wasn't to Ember Weekend. That was to my personal Twitter. No, well, he pinged. Well, yeah, I pinged both of us. You're right. So either ping Ember Weekend, all one word, <laughs> or all Code for word. Fun, or Rondale underscore SC. Uh, underscore, yes. 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 Okay. So it's, any, only da- it's only dash uh, sometimes. Right. Any of those will work. They're all aliased to the same person, basically. Yeah. And the four in Code for Fun is binary. So. Oh, no, no. You got you to figure that out. It's a puzzle. <laughs> it's a puzzle. <laughs> um, but yeah, we will be back uh, next week. So tune in. See you then. See you next week.